This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Two Chapter Tactics, your 40k podcast which focuses on playing more 40k competitively at all levels of the game. I'm your host, Petey Bob, and with me I have all the co-hosts, Sean, Jeff, and Val. Say hi, everyone. Hello, this is your co-host, Jeff in Control Robinson. Hi, the everyone. Program, yeah, the, the new Jeff program seems to be working pretty well. Yes. Thank you, Sean. Welcome to Chapter Tactics. <laughs> so <laughs> he's pretty we, now pumped that we have about the Jeff the... Robot online. <laughs> pretty pumped about he's the AdMech changes, I guess. Yeah, yeah. He's, he has ascended. You'll shut your mouth when you're talking to me. <laughs> How can I talk to you if my mouth is shut? This is that is just a riddle. It's a Canadian thing. <laughs> so uh, today we're going to be talking about the big September FAQ. Uh, I know a lot of people have already covered it and talked to it to death, but we're also going to talk your ears to death even more they, so that they are beyond dead. Um, also, I think we have a lot of interesting insights on it as uh, competitive tournament players, um, and I wanted to take a, an approach covering the FAQ from people who are actually going to be playing it and using it uh, in tournaments coming up. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what we're going to do, how it impacts us, and also our thoughts on the FAQ, what's good, what's not good, etc. Uh, but before we get into that, I have two announcements to make. One big announcement, one interesting announcement. Uh, the first being our sponsor, the Iron Halo, has uh, graciously asked me to come on to their Twitch stream and out act as a shoutcaster for their Twitch stream. Uh, if you haven't heard of the Iron Halo, they are an organization that supports the Midwest 40k tournament circuit. Um, Jason from the Iron Halo has done a really great job promoting coverage and going to different events and recording on his own Twitch stream, which is the Iron Halo Twitch stream. Uh, so go ahead and go to ironhalo.org, check them out. They've got a lot of tournaments already up there ready for viewing. Uh, and I'm really excited and pumped to bring a whole new experience uh, to streaming. He's got a lot of great ideas. He has a really great rig. Uh, you know, I've, I've been around the GW rig and the the Frontline Gaming rig, and he's he's definitely knows what he's doing in terms of streaming. So it should be really exciting. He's got a lot of great ideas, uh, and it's nice to see someone else jump onto the 40k streaming, the 40k tournament streaming game, basically. So I'm really excited. We're going to be doing that with Brian Hunter from the Flying Flying Monkeys Wargaming podcast. And if you guys want to hear more about that or and more from Jason and and Brian. We recorded a special bonus episode, which you guys are going to be getting 24 hours from this episode. So keep an eye out for that. Second announcement, Best Coast Pairings. They've got a secret secret thing that they're working on that's 
really, really exciting. It's going to be debuted at the Iron Halo, so check it. Keep an eye on not only the tournament coverage, but also announcements coming from the Iron Halo from BCP. Uh, I don't know if they're if they're going to announce it before the event or right at the event, but it's really exciting, and especially as people who cover tournament events, it's going to be great for us. I got the Orc Codex waiting, and now BCP's holding out on me too. So this is everyone's keeping the secrets from Heffer, Hefferman. See, I, I really hope Orcobra. the secret is a functional Android TO app. Ooh. Oh no! <laughs> Seriously, like the I love those guys, but the the Android TO app literally doesn't do anything. It, you can't run a tournament with it. With I see what you mean. It. It's literally just a blank nothing. screen. I, I see what you mean. I Basically. thought you meant literally an Android TO. Oh, I mean, don't we have Jeff on the program? That's what he's all about. Oh, let yeah. me let me program a Jeff response in snarky Jeff response now. Mm. <laughs> it's not working. Hello, it must Pablo. have crashed. <laughs> it's it's uh it's updated software. Uh, anyways, yeah. let's talk about this big September FAQ. Uh, so before yeah. we get into the nitty gritty, um, first initial thoughts are, you know, GW seemed to be to me uh, seemed to be a lot more conservative. Uh, in some of some of their decisions, and then specifically with a few things, um, seem to kind of come from left field. Uh, obviously, we got the nerfs that we expected coming out of Nova. Uh, we got well, some of them. Some, some of them. Uh, we got ner- a a single nerf that we <laughs> all predicted predicted yeah. for sure. Uh, some of them, I think maybe you could probably <laughs> say that they were a little out of left field, little little, and then of course. Um, there's stuff that they probably are going to address in chapter approved, hopefully are going to address in chapter approved. And, uh, Mm. like always, there is of course still stuff that they need to address, um, which I imagine is always going to be case until the end of time. So they'll never get it perfectly down. I think. Yeah. I mean, it's now with that attitude, perfectly balanced, (laughs) but it's, there's definitely a few things that I look at and it's kind of like, they didn't change that at all. Really? Yeah, and and here's the thing, uh, to segue a little bit, um, I guess not segue, but to detour just a little bit, League of Legends is a game that's internally eternally being patched and balanced, and it's something that pro League of Legends players complain about a lot. And so what I'm worried about is is will GW just constantly be patching and FAQing and points adjusting forever, so we'll never have a stabilized I, meta. I mean, like hopefully, yes, a stable but, meta is boring. I think it's pretty obvious that that. I mean, just as a business model, that's of course how it's going to be. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, so I guess um, and that's not that's not, I'm not saying whether that's good or bad. It's just something I, I've noticed, and uh, I know that a lot of people uh, don't like that, but then a lot of people do like that. I, so, well, okay. Know. So, if I can cut in here, I think a lot of people say they don't like that. I think mm-hmm. if people experienced that, they would actually discover very quickly that they hate having a perfectly stable meta because once you have a stable meta it very quickly solidifies into distinct tiers of lists these things are better these things are worse we had it too fifth edition it happened in fifth edition where it was missile spam and vehicle spam and it's right it was cool for like two weeks and then everyone was like now i'm ready for something else yeah yeah right so so i yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Sean. No, I was just going to say, like, that, that gets boring very quickly. Um, right. I mean, can you imagine if we lived in the Castellan meta for another two years? Well, no I was going to say... No one would play anymore. I don't know if it was, it was the Nova episode, like, probably last time I was on, we were talking about is 40k solved. 
And if that was ever the place it got to, that would be super lame and boring. And actually, we just were coming yeah. out of easily the most stable meta that Eighth has had thus far. And it was what three months? When did Knights drop? Um, it was a little longer than that. I want to yeah. say Knights was like four, but yeah, it's like we have we we've had a fairly stable meta for the past four months or so. People have known fairly well what's good and what isn't. So it's a, yeah. it's a good good chance to change it up because I think there are a lot of things that are there are hard rocks out there and I think so, uh, the big yeah. fact definitely is going to give a chance for different builds to come out again. Hmm. Um, to, yeah. To play devil's advocate just a little bit here and just to tie just to stay on this topic just a little bit longer. Um, hmm. Yeah, actually, never mind. All right, just yeah, I think there's a lot more to get into. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, FAQs here. We got it. We're we're ready to dissect it and move on. Um, so the first thing is is they they finalized the match play rules. Uh, I I don't think anyone expected them to take these away, uh, but we have officially have Battle Brothers in now. So uh, you know a hit against Soup, even though not a lot of you guys like to say Soup isn't dead. Um, I think Soup is very very limited, and um, I think it's right where people yeah. want it. And I think the next step, if if you're really against Soup, I think is to just take away allies completely. Um, I don't yeah, think there's, there's any other middle There's ground still there. more they can do, but it seems unlikely. Yeah. So we got Battle Brothers, No Chaos, Imperium, Eldari, Inari, or Tyranids attachments uh, in your armies, which I think is good for the game. So you don't get any mixed, crazy, souped attachments. Uh, they kept Psychic fo Focus as is, uh, and they also kept the character targeting rule as is too. Um, something I thought they might change uh, just because characters can't be targeted if there isn't a. Uh, model a unit that isn't visible but they're still closer than you so if they, you have like a scout squad in a building you can't shoot no, but the they character intentionally that put that in like that was a very conscious decision on their part as they wanted it to work that way. right uh, i and guess just, i guess you're right because of rhino sniping and stuff right that yeah. was their rationale yeah. i think it's silly but that was very intentionally their choice and they were explicit about that just on the on the point of soup real quick uh i also think that it's not uh, time to say that you know GW will never address it or it's you know impossible to find a middle ground. I think there's lots of cool ideas floating out there, and that kind of a change to me strikes as something that if they were to do it would be rather fitting for something like Chapter Approved, a new match play, maybe even mm. a competitive play pack. I'm just there hammering here, but I don't think a big fact is where they're going to change the format. That might happen in something like Chapter Approved. So if 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 Chapter Approved happens and there's no significant change, then yeah, I'd agree with that statement. Yeah. Do do you think that? Do you think that if they do address it, do you think that it they should address it, uh, with with by changing the way the allies works, or do you think they should address it just by making mono Zenos, mono faction Xenos armies better? I think I think you can. There's like ten thousand. I think one of the cool things yeah. about the big fact is that they found ways to do it that wasn't what the internet community was suggesting. But right. there are ways that you can nerf allies by removing their access to stratagems or warlord traits or whatever. Um, uh, without removing them entirely from the game, so you get a key unit. Uh, yeah. Who cares, man? Like well, they, they might come up with all kinds of creative ways to do it. And one of the more interesting ways, I think, to potentially handle that is actually not handled on GW's end. It's handled on ITC's end. Um, if you only score points for a faction, if you are pure in that faction, that changes what a lot of people are going to bring to the table. Right. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, it's. This, I'm this not goes saying. Deeper, though. I, I always think it's funny. Like the people that whine really loudly on the internet about allies, 
don't usually have a super cogent argument. And, like, like it usually boils down to, Xenos armies can't do it themselves, which which is like, okay. But that's uh, that's also been the beginning of time. Yeah. It's, it's incentivized within the game itself for allies. They want you to buy multiple armies. They want mm-hmm. you to flourish and be like, you know what? I'm really enjoying Guard. It turns out I'm going to buy 400 tanks now. And, yeah. Or, you know... This other Space Marine chapter came out, and they're really awesome. I'm going to branch over there. They're not going to create a game or a, a format of rules that punishes you to do allies. What could happen, and is the best, in my opinion, that people can ask for, is incentivizing solo codex armies. So, like, if you are a single codex or a single faction, however you want to define it, you get plus five command points. You get plus six mm-hmm. command points. You get uh, minus one on, on expenditure of all command points, etc. Like... Command points are fun. Uh, mm-hmm. Recycling and being only a, a ac- the only people that have best access to that being Imperium is not fun. But give it to everyone. Don't take it away or punish. Like that's a really bad game model is to make a game where it's like, well, I just looked at your list and you've got two allies and you son of a bitch, you actually found a strategy that we designed inside the game ourselves that gives you back command points. So I'm gonna hurt you here too. And like that guy's like, I'm sorry for playing your game. And he's like, yeah, well, you should be. Yeah. I always thought it was a really weird mentality in the Warhammer community. Like, they call everything soup, by the way. It, they must yes. be fucking uh, terrible yeah. dinner people. Like, every time there's an ally, I have an, an assassin. One of my lists was like 18 bikes and an assassin. People are like, God damn soup! And I'm like, if that's a soup, okay, <laughs> then when I spit in the middle of the night, I'm eating soup, I guess, because that that's like as loose as we're getting about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's- there's a lot of people who think that literally anything other than pure mono-faction, it's like, oh, you brought Alpha Legion and World Eaters? Nice soup list, asshole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't believe your heretic Astarte has summoned some demons. This is so non-fluffy shit, I can't believe it! Also, I think, like from a gameplay perspective, re- reducing the ability to bring in allies also stops the meta from being able to balance itself as easily. And so it would be really dependent on, on, on game design because it would be about more internal book balance, which might make it easier from a game designer perspective. But as far as us building lists and going out and trying different things, it does limit your toolbox. And then you will really get super dominant builds that just can't be budged. And, and to be fair to the, the people who, who are complaining about that, I feel like the, the biggest way to get people online to snipe at you or get angry at you is when you say, like, I have an Ultramarines army. And and there's like guard in it and and like maybe like a blood angel smash captain, um that's that's I think that's where the internet's biggest gripe is on that issue, um which, eh, uh, still internet griping, eh. but yeah, I like when you on. started to try to be fair to them, Pablo, and then mid argument you're like, God damn these people, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's you put hard. some guard in your in your Astartes list and a blood angel captain shows up. I think I read that book. Like fuck off. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah. literally stuff that happens. <laughs> <laughs> the reason they complain is because they don't get to do it too, and that's understandable. That's why I think you should be pushing for a game design where it rewards. So it's like, hey, Tau player, no, you don't get to ally with Necrons, but because you are a single codex and you're Xenos, here's these benefits you get. Then there's going to be people that, of course, like, what? Gosh, I mean, Tau and Necrons have to have single codex. Like, that's fine. Get, give them buffs. Both of them. That's great. <laughs> And then if you are a Blood Angel player and you want those buffs, you have the choice to do that. That's pretty amazing. And I, yeah. I think 7th Edition actually to 7th Edition I think did it really well in in respects to like the the 
uh, factions being able to take specific things. Like, for example, Tau players who took, like, a Vindicare assassin, but they, like, converted it to make it, like, this cool operative Tau guy, you know? I think there's mm-hmm. some room there. Um, I'm kind of oh. sad that they made, like, in, you know, assassins not being able to be took by multiple Xenos armies, but, well. Eh. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm with Jeff that the the problem is that some armies have access to an option and other armies don't and yeah. get nothing in return. Uh, and that is that is kind of a feel bad thing for people. But And it's let's... roles too, right? It's it's definitely it's more fun to play with diversified things, but there's also just people who are like and this is a bigger deal in seventh, but they're like, I don't get to do anything in the psychic phase. I have no, I have nothing. You know, yeah. Necrons, Tau come to mind. Of course, they're not going to have psychers, but give them relics that make it exciting. Like if a power yeah. goes off near you on a four well, plus, they take D three mortal wounds, and then it's like, well, shit. Now I'm shutting down powers, and and there's still a dice roll to it. It's exciting. I can snipe yeah. that character that has the relics. So it's not like I can't do anything about it. Like make it fun back and forth that way, and give similar roles to different models. Well, yeah. One thing. One Interactivity thing that GW, in, all fra- in all phases is a good thing. Right. And, and GW can do that with stratagems. Like, you know, you can give Tau, like, a generic stratagem mm-hmm. that says they can shoot at a unit casting a power or something in the psychic phase for, like, three command points. Obviously, right. that's overpowered, but they, well, they can do that. They can make... And the, they did it in this FAQ. Let's not turn this into a, a discussion of how to rebalance factions and allies, because otherwise <laughs> right. it will. Uh Although but I think I, there's a podcast in there. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. There, it's it's not a bad discussion. It's just not about the FAQ. Yeah. Go ahead, Val. No, I was just going to say, the way I got us down this rabbit hole is just saying that. I don't think this is the big fact is where they're going to do that. And I think there's no. reason to hope. and Because a lot of people do feel real passionate about this out there. And yeah. whether or not they're they're right or wrong. Um, and so maybe we see something. Like even like our friend of the podcast, Lawrence Baker. He... he, he Panned the uh, the big fact in his in his box cast. I was shocked at the level of criticism he had because he is a he's they're a mono faction kind of group. The, those guys like to play with you know their their dudes in little boxes. So that's cool. So maybe maybe GW will throw a bone out to that part of the community because I do think they've done a lot of clearly. I mean this is a whole lifestyle pretty much right, and a lot of people are brought in through the narrative and at the competitive level. It tends to not be driven by narrative. It's driven by what's best in the game. So that's cool. It's just a different thing. All right. Full circle. Coming back to the topic. Tactical yeah. reserves. Uh, yeah. This one, there's, there's a lot going on here. But um, basically, GW decided that uh, you can't deploy You can't deploy on turn one. You can't deep strike uh, on yeah. turn one anymore. No um, reserves at all turn one is actually pretty big because like there i mean there's like you used to be able to jump into your own deployment zone which was not used by everyone but there is a decent number i mean dark eldar if no one else were dropping ravagers into their own zone so they couldn't be shot on the first turn not being able to do that is pretty big um and gene steel cult lost their special unique snowflake exception yeah yeah it and they did say that they might they might be addressing the gene steel cult well, they're going to get their own in the codex. Soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it'll get addressed in some factor or the other. But uh, it, it's kind of interesting to see GW's kind of evolving, you know, thought process behind the eighth edition reserve rules, right? Because in seventh, it was like, okay, we got this weird reserve rule where half of your army comes in turn one and it's awkward. So eighth edition, we're just going to like let everything happen, just gone. Everyone gets in, everyone, and then we're like, okay, turn one assaults. Ah, that's that's chill. We're going to like kind of 
half nerf it now. Now it's like we're kind of reverting back to 7th edition, except no one can mm. come in turn one, but you still have well, to have half your army in reserve. I, th- I think what they've realized is that um, reserve heavy play, where you know half or more of your army is starting off the board is very non-interactive and it gets back to that whole like non-interactive parts of the game are bad for the game Um, right if you can't do anything to me turn one all my models are hiding all my important stuff is off the board that's not fun for either of us yeah and and if you don't know how to handle it (laughs) it doesn't matter whether it it doesn't matter whether you know how to handle it it like turn one doesn't happen it makes turn one not fun. It is a waste of both our time. Not, well, not Sean, really. I, Sean. I don't like this change at all. Yeah. yeah. It's, I'm not saying this is necessarily the correct way to have done it, but it's clear, I think it's, at least to me, why GW is making these choices. Right, and, and there's one thing we have to oh, understand. I misunderstood. I disagree, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, there's one thing we have to understand. It's, um, you know... With these these FAQ, the people who write the FAQ, they're constantly getting emails from people that we don't know that don't play tournaments at all, right? From like yeah. like little Timmy who who got tabled by Blood Angels Army turn one, or Alpha Legion Army, right? So that's why we get questions on the FAQ like, can I heroically intervene on my turn? Like you know, I bet you a hundred a hundred million people ask that question, and and so Jerry's like, I guess, I guess it's not clear enough. So we're gonna put it on the FAQ anyways, right? So, so that that's one thing we have to understand is is I think GW is getting complaints about people getting Alpha Struck off the board turn one. Well, um, yeah. whether that's actually happening or not, I doubt that that's actually happening in a capacity that we should address it. But it's happening uh, enough, like to one person once in the one game they play every four months, so that that I don't. You know, I think I, think, I think, think the the big criticism. Big. The big the big criticism of of this is that it you know really kills close combat uh, capable armies and that's definitely true. But if you look at specifically the stuff that really gets impacted, it's things that are dropping in from reserves and blowing your brains out. Right. So and so while so that is that that is like truly an awful experience, and I get and I get why they would want to try and curtail it from the game because it's also it's not exactly they're not exactly top builds. They're like. Do I go first builds? <laughs> um, and that's that's just not a very that's just not a very fun thing in the game. The unfortunate thing is the fun stuff, which is the dudes who are trying to chop your face off and run across the table and pop in from the shadows or whatever it is. Those guys have gotten tangled up in this, and they're lost from the game. We'll we'll see what it's like. Right. Yeah. Jeff, but, you had strong. Oh, oh go ahead, Sean. No, go, and then, and then it, Jeff. I'll, I'll give Jeff a chance. Yeah, Jeff had uh, strong opinions on this. I feel like. Everything you guys said is, is, you know, varying degrees of true. I'm not, there's no one here that's obviously an idiot or just play the game and it's not true. It's just, to me, this is baby with the bathwater scenario. Like, if you are having alpha strike issues and, and relatively inexperienced players or people who play casually are just not having a good time, this is a hugely sweeping way of addressing that when you basically can just say, hey, this, you can make matched play versus 40k differences and you can say, 40k, uh, Play how you want. There is no drop on turn one or whatever. But in match play, where the expectation is these people are playing in a com- competitive environment on some level, uh, and I say some level because obviously this game's not balanced towards the top echelon. That's just it would be silly to think that. But um, I think early index Warhammer 40k Eighth Edition, yeah, there's too much of it. You could drop everything, right? You could put everything up in the sky. You'd have like a fucking single pot of scouts in the back that were 
eating hot dogs and the other 1950 points of your army is coming down from the heavens and that that can suck ass for somebody so that went away i think the elegant fix was either one of in my opinion and i said this before on a previous edition but uh, of this podcast or you enforce a couple of them but like um power limit restrictions so you have to have half on the table half up in the air or uh, you can't drop out of your own deployment zone. I thought that was a little bit too far-reaching. It hurt certain armies like Blood Angels and some of these other guys a lot too much. But again, that was more okay. They're rolling it even further back, and we haven't talked about the other changes that also impact this, but it's just too much. It's taking right. options away, and it's it's unnecessarily and unintentionally, for the most part, neutering certain armies. Yeah. Jesus or Colt gets the obvious note, uh, nod. They they said, yeah, you know, when the Codex comes out, don't you worry, but... In the next four or five months, those poor bastards, like, it's terrible what happened to them. They're, they they are playing from six points behind in every game they play, no matter what. Yeah. Um, and, and then they're also striking at half strength. And, and I, agree with, I agree with you, Jeff. Uh, I think that there's a more elegant solution to this specific problem uh, other than other than get good scrub learn how to bubble wrap and also sorry gg blood angels players um i think like like a stratagem you know Did you that think lets that's you what shoot. I said? no 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 I, I what i'm saying is 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 i think that that gw is going one way and another and i think that there's a more elegant fix to this and and that might be something like a stratagem that lets you shoot units that come in from reserve like with minus one to hit, like just making that a universal yeah, stratagem. They, uh, I mean, they already have that stratagem, and it doesn't they, really help very much. Right, it only helps like a few codexes. Like, just give it to everyone. Like, why shouldn't everyone have that stratagem? The, the, the problem is because it do, is that it does not help most of those codexes. Um, even when they can use it, it doesn't right. really... Because, well, like, if... If 30 blood letters drop onto you, your squad of tactical marines shooting them at minus one to hit is not going to change what happens. And I, under, I understand. I understand. I don't want to focus so much on that specific example. I just I just wanted to, you know, offer up another possible. Like, they, there's so much, th in terms of a game design perspective, the stratagems and, and what they have to work with, I think there's a much more elegant solution that someone on a salary who has a degree in game design could come up with then sorry guys no turn one deep strikes like the, uh, as, as jeff said it takes away more than it gives i think actually what, yeah. what jeff really nailed is something that i'm maybe reading too much into but at nova they had a, a really amazing kill team pack i talk about it on another show but uh it and it was a competitive play pack like and it took the kill team rule set and it modified it for competitive play and there are actually restrictions and things that are unique to it than it would be from matched play kill team and i think that kind of a format shift would allow for those two things for pickup games and in the store and between your friends that's match play if you're going to if you're of a tournament mindset you want to go to these big events there's a unified pack maybe we get to see something like that that'd be super well, that's cool what's so funny is that they already have that in the game it's just that literally non match play is so imbalanced and not taken seriously that even the casual players don't play it. They're like, well, no, I'm going to play match play, but I'm also going to bitch and moan about the fact that this squad of whatever, this unit that's not very good, just yeah. doesn't win me games. And it's like, yeah. well, you're trying to have your cake and eat it too. Like, it needs to be more advertised. This is on the GW side. They need to advertise, no, no, here's Warhammer 40K. And it's our old rules of like, hey, dice off, play with your friend. If you don't like that thing, edit it. That's okay. Um, and it's, it's funny cause it's, it's a little bit of GW trying to, they're like learn they're going through their adolescence at age like 35 or whatever yeah. it is, because this is stuff that had they been doing it from the beginning, they'd be more versed in, but they're, 
they're very competitive focused, and then they say they're not, right? Like all the uh, attention to imbalanced units, the, they wait till after tournaments to balance stuff. The the releases of stuff is around the stats of things, and I think that's all mostly good. But then you have to like almost overly compensate for the other side of Warhammer, where people are feeling they're like, hey, what about me? I like to play. 726 points of, uh, of Ultramarines. And we don't have Gilliman, because in my fluff, Gilliman didn't actually come back. And you're like, okay, well, that's fine, man. Here's here's your version of Warhammer, and it's pretty fun, but we encourage you to, you know, play it how you want. Whereas in match play, it's passed on from on high, and these are the rules, and then casual players are complaining a lot about stuff. And it hurts people. Like, that's a, that's the unnecessary part. Like, this FAQ fucking butchers Blood Angels. It really does. There's, there's just no way around it, right? And that's, it's not just Smash Captains. That's the part that is compelling for me. Like, obviously, they probably should have gone up a little bit in points or whatever, but the entire shtick of Blood Angels was already hurting, and now it's just like, Jesus, you know, like, ow. Well, yeah. now Blood Angels are as bad off as every other Marine faction in the game. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and I think, uh, you know, without jumping into the solutions train for that, is I think something simple is like, at the start of every article, just saying like, hey guys, this is intended for balanced, competitive play. You guys are always free to amend and change whatever you want. You know, something, I don't know. It, it's, it, you're right. So we are going to talk about price. how to rebalance things. <laughs> nah, just a little bit. Okay, because that's what we've been doing so far. That's, that's true. That's um, a reaction show. <laughs> and, and that's what these FAQs, that's what I really like about these FAQs, is they kind of give us a little bit of insight into the direction GW is going to take the game and what their thought process is, you know, what what they're focusing oh, on, what they're not focusing on. Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, let's go ahead and talk about uh, the the tactical reserves. Um, moving on from the tactical reserves to the strike from the shadows, forward operatives, the uh, clandestine of infiltration, uh, Alpha Legion, Raven Guard, and Stygie's stratagems. Um, this is more just the same, I think, throwing the baby out with the bathwater, as Jeff said. Um, yeah. It definitely, for me, came out of left field. Uh, but um, what do you guys think about them nerfing these stratagems? On on the one hand, I think it's good that they are brought down some. Um, they were too powerful before one command point to put 40 cultists on top of your opponent and then another one for 20 berserkers and another one for 20 more berserkers or you know or the the electro priest was one you saw that that ended up in a lot of games where it's like oh you won the roll off to go first well then i lose um, but sean yeah that, that's the thing if you write a list that way and then don't go first you lost and that's a big part of the reason why it, those lists did not win tournaments i realize that i'm not saying those were overpowered lists because they weren't they were not doing very well but they create bad game experiences for players uh, where the game is decided before you play the game. Um, and I think that's why GW did it. That said, I think this changes too much. This it does it means that these stratagems are actually not very good. Um, I mean, you'll still use them because, I don't know, I pay a command point for an extra movement, sure. Um, but a unit like Electro Priests is essentially worthless now um, there's no way they're ever going to make it across the field uh, and god forbid you're playing like hammer and anvil or something like that where it's like well as long as i can cross another 35 inches of board i'll get a charge off obviously you've never heard of a termite drill bud <laughs> uh yes but a termite drill... he's not your butt pal <laughs> <laughs> a, a termite drill doesn't let you set up three inches away from the enemy and declare a charge right 
And, and just in seventh edition, I, I believe you couldn't charge out of res- like there. No, they had to stand there. They, yeah, they they said that, and and it almost feels like GW should just should have just done that. They should have just been like, okay, you can't charge if no. you use a stratagem, which is that, I, I get, I get that that's not. A, but that I don't think it's again. Issue. I don't. I don't think this is about the electro priest. That is a pretty niche unit. Right. It's cool when you see it. This is mm-hmm. about the things that drop down and blow your face off. Like right, the, the all, almost all of these. Well, electro priest, kinda. I guess they're just they're a melee unit. They still gotta make a nine inch charge. No, they have to make a three-inch charge. They get to move after they use it. Okay, they don't have fly, and if you have any sort of a screen, great, you killed the screen. Um, However, a unit of 40 cultists, a unit of 40 cultists, they always work. A unit of... of, of, uh, I'm basically agreeing with you, Sean, but anyway. uh, the, (laughs) the, The Raven Guard with the giant Primaris dudes coming down, shooting a billion bolters at you. Um anything from codex craft worlds <laughs> you know like it, it's it's that to me i think that's really what it is it's the really close range high volume shots in your face you're deleted that it's that stuff that they're that they're really removing no one like i i, I don't think anyone is like over overwhelmed by uh you know the blood letters that you were talking about or you know orcs charging in on the nine inch it's a it's a even over the re-roll it's a 50 50 proposition except for your electro piece and your blood letters, who are way better than fifty fifty. Oh yeah, they're three d six, whatever. And a real, but, yeah. Like, it's. It, I think this is part of a a thing we've seen before, where GW is moving away from unstoppable alpha strikes. I don't think they've actually solved that problem, but I think that's what they're trying to do. You you know, and and I understand that a lot of people like, or a lot of people don't like the alpha strike, and I, I get how it can create. A negative game experience for both players because it essentially means whoever goes first wins um in some cases but i i just i wish i wish that i don't want alpha strikes to go away from the game and it feels like it's tending towards that and i like alpha strikes personally they're they're not removing all alpha strikes you can still deep strike in and assault things and shoot things and all that what they're trying to remove is unstoppable alpha strikes where you have no play options to avoid them that's fair like a Castellan sitting on your back edge? Yeah, well, I don't think the FAQ is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, and then in the same in the same breath, um, I see a lot of people complaining online uh, about Inari not getting nerfed, uh, but I would like to point out that Rangers have to deep strike now, so they don't infiltrate Inari anymore. don't care. Uh, so, so, oh, because it's craft worlds? Uh, so, well, I mean, Inari will take Rangers, and they're certainly in that same army, and right. yeah, they snuck them into midfield reasonably often, but the the Inari army is not like contingent around Rangers showing up in midfield turn one. Is is there anything interesting about the units that haven't uh, been affected? Things like uh, the usual scouts, Nurgle, uh, Nurglings, um, yeah. stealth suits, uh, yeah, it's it's things that can take mid. I think the most relevant thing to sort of take note of there is that those are all units that deploy during normal deployment as opposed to getting to see everything the opponent has done first um those units all remain very good because they were good before um but i don't know it's I don't think that the, you know, Rangers nerf is going to change a whole lot. Obviously, the Alpha Legion and Stygies and all that will. Um, no. But, yeah. Just just saying, guys, Eldar got nerfed. Mm, you guys we'll can talk settle about down. That later. Take, yeah. Take it. <laughs> 
um, that prepared positions, the new stratagem, I think is actually, yeah, it's not going to be a game changer, but I think it's going so, to be surprisingly important. So, so before we get onto prepared positions, I just want to say after all of the tactical reserves things, I feel like it's something we felt most strongly about, uh, is you guys can always reach out to GW and change this, you know, let them know if, if you're unhappy with this, you know, let them know, email them. They have they have that FAQ email that the Warhammer community Facebook team always spams because they're always getting rules questions. Uh, you know, this is still a beta rule. It, it's it's not official. It can be changed. It can be modified. They've already modified it a couple beta rules um, for testing in this FAQ. Uh, so just you know, this isn't set yet. So it's not in it's not in writing. It can be changed. Um, prepared positions. Yeah, it's it's good. It, it is for armies that are bringing significant numbers of infantry models or other, like, numerous small stuff, I think it makes a big difference. Um, your guard armies, your Tau armies, even, like, Eldar and stuff like that, if they're bringing a lot of infantry, um, can take really good advantage of this. Um, you know, plus one to your armor save can add up really quickly. Um some armies can't really do anything with it. Demons, obviously, it doesn't help at all. But, a, like, you don't really realize how much of a difference, like, a 4-up versus a 5-up makes until it's army-wide like that. And suddenly you're like, geez, I'm not really killing nearly as much as I expected. Uh, and it applies to vehicles, too, which, again, doesn't seem that big. But when you turn that 6-up to a 5-up against LAS cannons, uh, suddenly those those tanks start passing a lot more of their saves. Yeah, and the thing I like best about it is it's free. It's just a, a tactical no. choice. It's not uh, free, but yeah, well, it's an option it's, everyone it's has. It's a free option. It's a free option that everyone has. It's not something I have to take a codex into. It's something that immediately well, buffs. Your Jeff? definition of free, I like it. Can I just say <laughs> It's a free option that everyone can take. I like that. I mean, a yacht I, I is a free option everyone has to buy. No, I like it. It's that's like uh, it's kind of like um, you know how Bill Cosby had that show where he'd sit there with gelatin and talk to the children and they'd say weird stuff. It's like options are free for everyone. He's like, you know what? Yo, you, you're right. Options are free. <laughs> well, uh, nothing. Nothing. There's, a, there's a Cosby joke in there. I'm sure somewhere. I'm um, just not going to touch it. Inappropriate. But... Yeah, but anyways, yeah, I'm curious to know. Taking that advice. <laughs> hey. oh. I'm, oh. I'm, I'm curious to know why, up until this strat drop, no one cared about cover, and now everyone cares oh. about cover. Because it's hard to get. Um, for... It's the army wide, probably Sean said. Like, literally, guys, what we're not talking about, but should be, is the Land Raider meta that's about to just absolutely destroy everything. We're talking about a one up tank yeah. carrying everything. You know yeah. what I'm saying? What about, what about 40 one up Terminators? Running at one you. up Terminators, bro. The Terminator meta is already passed, Pablo. Didn't you see the BAO results? Don Hoosen. <laughs> yeah, the Hoos is loose. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's nice. Uh, I always wanted more defensive play in the game. I just my problem is again. I think it should have been that alone. I feel like uh, it was just too heavy handed to say no dropping turn one because it already was that you couldn't drop. Like that's the part we're not talking about. It. You could not drop outside of your zone. Yeah. For the most part. Like, I liked that Dark Eldar had the option to deep strike into their own place. It made going second cool, too, because if somebody did have 40 cultists or a bunch of guys on top of you turn one, you had the option of reserving something, then dropping it as a hammer in your own deployment as a counterplay. 
Uh, yeah. That was pretty cool, and that rewards smart play, in my opinion. But now it, it's just like, no, I laid well, myself out here. Yeah, it's an option you no longer have. Yes, mm-hmm. I think part of the reason they did that is because that significantly advantages advantages shooting over melee. Um, melee but units being we... unable to drop outside of their zone means they can't drop. Um, shooting units being unable to drop outside, unable to drop outside of the zone, in many cases, means that they just are immune to shooting. Yeah. Yeah, and thank God this FAQ didn't buff shooting, I guess. Well, again, I don't think it's perfect, but, like, I see why they chose to do that. They're trying to limit what shooting armies can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like uh, Indiana Jones in the, in, 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 the, in the temple, and he's, like, figuring out how much the, the amulet weighs, and he just puts, mm-hmm. like, a sandbag on it instead of that little grain one, and just blew the whole thing up. <laughs> Oh, overall, I like this. I want to see more neutral, generic stratagems that that address issues in the game slightly. I think that might be a, a way that can solve some things. Um, they have to be careful though, because like oh, yeah. introducing complex solutions to a complex problem can just make things worse. Yeah, I agree. It. I, I want this a little bit more in moderation. It's just a yeah. little bit more of this. Uh, anyways, uh, tactical restraint. Um, check. Good job, GW. A A plus, I think, right, guys? Yeah, yeah. It more or less solves the issue. Um, other issues remain, but tactical restraint itself solves the command point farm problem pretty neatly. Yeah, I I, uh, I played in an RTT on Saturday, and there was a noticeable improvement, at least from that perspective. Yeah, Good job. Um, you no longer can count on having infinite command points in a game. You can still earn a decent number back, but you have to sort of think about, like, I'm taking this Warlord trait, it might gain me six command points if I'm really lucky. Probably going to be a lot less than that. Yeah, it's just a good overall change. It nerfs the, the most popular competitive army. Um, so, you know, solid. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. So, time for their interim... Balance review stuff. Uh, the uh, they're talking about the um, warp surge stratagem. Well, basically, this is where they basically nerfed a bunch of stratagems. They they're, they're like, okay, yeah. guys, we just added command points to a bunch of stratagems that people people were uh, using too much. Um, and then they also uh, you know made the demon save. So I think to a maximum of four plus, you can't have three up influence uh, anymore. It's it's now a maximum base of four plus um a lot of people didn't sort of don't sort of realize but uh the zinch bonus is plus one to your save not improve the save by one so zinch can still get a three up invuln with this uh what they can't do is get a two up invuln Mm, okay because it was possible to get down to a two up invuln with the impossible rope all right so so this is where they nerfed the castellan and i i I got some pushback when we when we briefly talked about it a couple minutes ago um so do you guys think that that the castellan is still overbearing i think this is addressed yes, specifically the, the jeff castellan is still but, huge but okay yeah you know, i'm curious to see what jeff thinks about the matter yeah yeah so what this does effectively is that you have about two maybe three turns of the castellan at full power mm-hmm. and it needs two maybe three turns to absolutely obliterate the bunghole of everybody across the table from him so yeah um, yes, it is a nerf. There's no question about it. It's a not a heavy-handed one, which I don't think I don't like that game design. I don't like it being like like Castellan's too strong. They're like, well, it's 1,200 points and ballistic skill six. Oh, like, okay, Fort well, World. I guess 
yeah, I guess I'm not using that anymore. And they're like, ha-ha, on to something Fix that. else. Yeah. Um, I definitely think you're going to see in chapter approved the adequate hike up in points. It's almost like I know or something. Um, <laughs> and that will be the joining of hands, and that will be what then tips it over, because it doesn't need to be poor, you know, porphyrian levels of expensive, but it probably needs to be a bit more. You don't see yeah. Valiance. You don't see really any other knights unless you're doing something else, um, which is also discussed in the stratagem. So it was just a, a little bit too good for its cost, and then the stratagems were just a little bit too good. So it's nice. It's going to be a little bit better, but I do fear that all those people that are taking that list post this FAQ, they're like, back to the... And they're like, wait a second. It's still really no, good. <laughs> I still just use this list, and I change absolutely nothing at all whatsoever. And so maybe the Smash Captains could swap. But yeah, I think I think I would the even BA say not them. changes. Yeah, Man, I mean, if you're taking good. three, okay, but one or two with mm, the wings, I still think yeah, they could. I, yeah, the the, uh, the thing that on on the Castellan that was a head scratcher. I think there's a general consensus that you know the stratagem farming needed to be reduced, and they nailed that. But really, the Castellan, the fact that it's on the 3++ plus plus is yeah. kind of insane. Like, I know the Lord of Change on a 2-up was probably just destroying people out there. But the Castellan... <laughs> getting rid of 2++ plus plus is just what you can kind of take from this, by the way. The, Pardon? The Ogrens went away as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, we'll get to that in yeah. a little bit here. But, yeah, the um, fact that they didn't change Rotate Ion Shields to cap it at a 4-up is probably the most baffling part of the FAQ to me. Everything else, I can kind of see what they're doing, but Ion still being able to give you a 3++ on that Castellan or other big knight is just like, I don't see how they didn't feel that needed to be addressed. Yeah. I, I think the kind of funny thing is, and this is going to, this is a little bit out of left field, obviously, but just to put it out there, it is Orktober, and we did talk a lot about how it's funny how, you know, the meta is going to change. The meta is about to change, and yeah. a single Castellan pu putting out really heavy-hitting shots and then two or three captains and then a bunch of Katachan bodies is not going to compete very well against 200 bodies and nine vehicles. Just... No, but I also don't think that that's the list you're going to be seeing going forward here. Um, I talked oh, wow. about this Tell on me, Best of Faction. Um, Mitch, who has played the Castellan list extensively, thinks that what you're going to see is 150 Guardsmen and a Castellan. Uh, because that does provide you enough bodies to get rid of those orcs, especially when they're, you know getting three attacks apiece and our strength four, um, those guys will chew through an orc horde, and the Castellan will kill everything else that isn't a horde. I take back everything I said, guys. Mitch Pelham has yeah. said that you just add more guard bodies to that guard list, and then the orcs can't win. That's uh, not mm. what I'm saying at all, but... I think it's a little bit what you're saying. A little bit. <laughs> I'm saying that handles orcs a lot better. I haven't seen the orc codex. I don't know what it looks like. Maybe it's beep, terrible. Beep, beep. I... Sorry, guys. That train is making a truck backing up sound. Yeah. You can believe it. So... I think that at least at first glance, it does seem like some of the obvious places to go with this will be to lots of bodies in front of shooty stuff like we saw earlier on in 8th edition. Yep. Maybe I'm wrong. I am by far not the most good at this game, ironically <laughs> enough. So who knows what the intelligent, better players than me will come up with. But it seems like the obvious choice will be to put a lot of things in front of your really shooty stuff. Yeah, yeah. especially because you can't jump over those things anymore. Yeah. That makes a, a huge difference. Yeah. yeah. Yep. 
It was right there. Uh, on the other hand, I don't think people are going to use the Oathbreaker missiles as much anymore. Mm. They're not going to need to. There's like... I, yeah, my experience and then... literally played the Kastan list, and my experience was he just didn't bother with any other buffs aside from Rotate Iron Shields. You know, yeah. He just couldn't afford it. Oh, he you were playing kept... Tau, right? You were shooting at him, I guess? Uh, Yeah, and I was playing an absolute garbage list garbage garbage list but that's all he needed <laughs> i went well i got to go first so i had my invulns up but he um but yeah it just it just looked like i could tell because he was not doing his million re-rolls he wasn't hmm. just uh giving everything he, he had shield captains instead of uh smash captains still pretty damn good um you know he wasn't juicing those guys up he, he was keeping everything so that he could do his three plus plus invuln and that kept the castellan alive no problem so yeah, and I it's mean, still devastating. Calls wrath, calls wrath is like so good. It's, yeah, it's fantastic. So anyway, I, I think uh, I think we'll have to see what happens with Mister Castellan uh, around Christmas time. Uh, what do you guys think about Agents of Vect being the only four command point stratagem? It's still good. Um, it, five command points. I would still no, use it at five. Four is good. Four is fine. I, it is still a fantastic stratagem at four because it lets you turn off that one game-changing stratagem. You're not going to be able to dump, you know, four or five agents of Vect out in a single game, but I played a couple test games with it already at four command points, and I, I still use it at four. I still feel good about it at four. Yeah, it's it, also it's also strange and, and unique in the sense that not only is it the only four point strat, but it's the only stratagem that you can take away from your opponent by killing all the cabal, the black art stuff. So it is mm -hmm. it's interesting that using this style of design, they've actually made some uh, interactivity some and counter, ability to some counterplay. And, yeah. yeah, although it's where it should be. Yeah, I think typically that's not going to come up um, if you have a a black heart battalion. Killing off both archons, all three. Did you watch the Nova tournament then, Sean? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say it won't ever happen. He's not saying it's not ever going to happen. I well, I mean, whatever, at the list Jeff. building phase, Go at least you, yeah. you you can't do what Nanabadi did, right? Like you you, you it now makes you have to commit a I little bit. I also should be in this place. I watched the Nova tournament. Where was Irish Jeff that whole weekend? <laughs> He was getting paid to be on stream, my friend. Ireland, Pablo. obviously. I Irish. Pablo. I, I, I only saw no good old normal paid US to Jeff. do that content. Irish Irish Jeff time. was was not there, distinctly well, absent. Yeah, he was. He had to unleash the shackles for that to happen. <laughs> uh, Vect is good, and let me just say, and I'll find out if I get fired tomorrow, I guess. But the other ideas that were kicking around were, in my opinion, a lot less good on how to handle agents of Vect, like. There was a lot of chatter about it being once per turn or once per uh, game, even like these really ridiculous things that, and and this it was a, a lot of the same stuff where it's like I just don't like that someone can be like no you're not using that stratagem and I'm like Jesus it's a fucking Warhammer game like it's there's all kinds of no's flying across the table like I'm gonna drop this no you're not I'm intercepting the shit out of it I'm gonna. I'm going to have my warlord over here. No, you're not. My assassin appears four inches away. She's got a sword that ignores invul saves. You forgot about her because she's called the Kelly. And then she kills him. You know, like, <laughs> that kind of stuff happens all the time. But Agents of Vect is so fucking fun. Like, I love the idea that there's this pirate god sitting on a throne. And they're like, Vect, they're trying to they're trying to do plus one damage on their uh, venom cannons and shit. And he's like, no. What? No. <laughs> nah, nah. They said no. 
You just and got the like, Matumbo well, finger Eldar. I love it. And Fork Man... The other funny thing about this, too, was... Everyone talks about it being Fork Man Punch. Like, there's no other Fork Man... That was just a funny coincidence, right? Like, there's no cap. There's no... You don't open the big rule book and it says... And thus shall be spoken! Command points! Never to exceed three command points! <laughs> like, it's never... No one ever said that. I'm fine with a five command point one. Just make it fucking amazing. We right? have broken the four CP threat barrier here, though, Jeff. You have to admit it is actually the first time they've even adjusted command point yeah. costs. Yeah. So that's right there pretty cool. I love it. And it's good. And, it, and all of these changes, th this is like the golden part of the FAQ for me, where like uh, shield breaker at three, yeah, that makes about sense. You like It invalidates just a whole bunch of characters out there, so it should be expensive, right? And they're like, yeah, but what if you roll those ones? Well, that's also Warhammer. That It shouldn't be you pay three command points and delete a guy, but with House Raven and regenerating 20 command points, you kind of do. Yeah. Right? So it's it's fun that there is that RNG, and it's fun that it does cost something. Um, and then the, the, the funny ones was, like, the knights getting back up, and it, some of these were, like, they're really, really strong. But I was mostly okay with them, too, because the, the checks for them were all over the place, except I would have been okay with them making it a little bit more risky like knights getting up forever is a little bit silly it should have been something like a knight can get up once or something right and then that's kind right. of badass right right uh, oh i was actually surprised our darkest hour wasn't three command points already i was i saw it and i was like wait a minute it wasn't already three command points to bring a knight up for for two command points and one three wounds yeah um, and, it, and it becomes four cp with the reroll. so you know i think that's yep. a fair cost to just have is there a darkest hour the house raven yeah, that's the House Tyrannus one. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, Tyrannus. That's okay. The House Raven one is. That one also should have been three command points. Hilarious! It's like a little. It's like a, having your own little Gilliman just come out of your pants, and you're just like, you know what? I'm gonna reroll everything. Because the the every gun it shoots is wounding everything on either a two or a three, and you're rolling one, so it's like it's Gilliman a on a stick. It's fucking insane, and it's so funny. It, yeah, that's the only thing I that, uh, and of course this is like impossible to balance. But I wish the game had more um, enticing and not punishing, but enticing options. Right, like Grand Strategist is just clearly the best. There's nobody you don't face that guardless where he's like, "What do you got, Grand Strategist?" Obviously, he's like, "No, I took Duplicator Manipulation," and it's like, "What does that do?" Nope, nobody ever. I think people one. people are thinking about. I think they'll come back to it because just. Getting extra CP is always good. But I don't know. I think there's a lot of people out there being like, I don't know if I want to take Grand Strategist. Maybe I do a Warlord trade somewhere else. You, you know what? That was the chatter. I think you're going to find that nobody doesn't take it. So. I think eventually they'll, be, they'll play one tournament and be like, yeah. eh, no, I'm going to take Grand Strategist. Yeah. <laughs> it's six more command points and five for 180. Like, it's it's 11 yeah. command points for 180 points. And and to be fair, Jeff, I don't I don't I can't think of any games... Where where there are certain choices that players can make that aren't clearly the favorites that aren't you don't see most often, right? Like Magic, League of Legends. You know, there's always right. going to be like anything you're right. Yeah, but but I mean, you're I I would like I do agree with you. I would like a little bit more. You know, like the Blood Angels Codex has three relics that you can pick from, but you know some codexes have like just one. You know, maybe I, I would say you're you're absolutely correct, but you have to look to the like the absolutes you should try to avoid, right? Yeah. And right now, Grand Strategist is an absolute. There's just if you play Imperium and you're you, you're even sniffing at guard, you don't take anything else. You really don't. And yeah. I would tell you to tell me a list that did, like that has a guard attachment and didn't take Grand Strategist. 
at a competitive level. Because I'm sure at a fluff level, people are taking like, oh, this my commander is really good at fighting. He gets plus That's one correct. strength. To the two guys that are listening right now that are playing as actual you are, guardsmen. I'll remind you that this is, this is being competitive at all levels of the game. Yep, that's true. Uh. I do agree with you, though, as I already mentioned. But um, yeah. uh, let's go ahead and move on to the rulebook FAQ. So uh, bum, bum, the, the warmer 40,000 official the rulebook. One. Yeah, it, it's it's got a lot of stuff there. And then immediately, the first thing they hit you with is you can only use fly in the movement phase, which, yeah. which hallelujah, I... I understand really? that it nerfs. Well, it, here's the thing: is because I hated the people who would, would deep strike like or, or put their blood angel captain like like on the top of a ruin and then zero inch charge down and just like. But that's Banzai! different. Man. That's well, a, it, that's that's an FAQ they just removed. But, this is totally but, but, different from that. But that's but that's it comes in tandem with this. It's you can't have that in this with this uh, with the fly keyword being nerfed because the fly keyword's only in the movement phase. I, I get that. I, I understand what you're saying, and and maybe I, I'm tagging on a little too much here. I just I read that immediately, and the first thing I thought was I agree with you. Yeah, was was oh no it more. Was, it's a, a built-in gotcha moment that seems to exist in the game, where because most of the time it was only the people that didn't see that coming that that happened to, right? For the most part, right. Um, I think we're all going to agree on this. I'd be surprised if someone did disagree that this is too far-reaching. Like, just simply clarify that. For purposes of vertical distances or whatever, yep, you must always make a nine-inch charge unless otherwise specified by your own rules or whatever, like a yeah. reader. Yeah, you're right. Um, but just saying only fly works in the movement phase. I mean, obviously it was targeting other things as well because fly was probably too powerful. Yeah. But I think this is a this once again the unintended. I want to say the unintended effect, but maybe it was absolutely known. I don't know for sure. It makes uh, screening like the absolute. It's just so powerful, right? Like it's so so powerful. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. I don't mind screening not being powerful, but it was already very powerful. And now it's even more powerful. And then you combine this with what happened with you can't deep strike turn one. And it feels like a lot of lists are getting built by themselves, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and well, I mean, just to quickly look for the silver lining here, I would say uh, things that move as if it's the movement phase or uh, powers or psychic abilities or soul bursting. Um, those suddenly become super, super powerful because it does allow you to leapfrog and get over a screen. But in, in general, I mean, I think this does take away to some of the other aspects, like it makes it much harder to trap, um, makes it, um, yeah, I think there's, there's times where I've looked across the board at like shining spears and just thought like, what the hell, like there's literally no place I can hide. And yeah. although it's arbitrary, and I know a lot of people are saying this is silly, and why can't my flying guy charge over something? Um, I, I get that, but we shoot flamethrowers at planes in this game. Um, fly was too powerful. I, I don't think there's yeah. going to be anyone that says fly was not too powerful. It, it, it feels like it absolutely was. It's just only in the movement phase, like you said. It, it's got a couple of funny holes in it where there's things that are... So I don't look at it as like they're more powerful now, because they already were that powerful. So I'm not worried about the game breaking wide open because you can still soberse over a screen. Yeah. Like, that was something they always could do. My problem is just, this is once again, like, a tactical cool thing that you could do inside of Warhammer that you just, it just says, no, you cannot. You just cannot do that now. Um, as opposed to, in my opinion, buffing something else. But that's that gets a little bit hard, right? Like, with... Because in a lot of lists, you just saw a lot of fly stuff, is I guess what was happening. Yeah. Yeah. It... And it, it, it's I, I I'd be curious to hear your guys' thoughts on how you could fix that, um, though I understand that that might take that might be a whole other episode by itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely something that's that's 
interesting in terms of how they chose to balance it. And I, I agree it needs to get addressed in some way. Um, but at the same time, you know, in in terms of game design and rules, you should always have rules that that play the way they should they should feel be played, right? So like a missile launcher should be strong enough to kill like a tank, or like a unit that flies should be able to theoretically fly over things, you know. And it's um it's tricky. It's uh I don't know how they address it um without Imagine without actually changing. If you're charging, you got to be close to the ground. You're swooping in. Stooping dive, if you will. Yeah. That got his attention. (laughs) So, I also didn't think about the Inari still being able to jump over things in the assault phase. Or, I guess, in the... Warp time. I guess they can't do that. Uh, It just feels weird, though, right? Like, literally, an Eldar flyer, a jet, on the battlefield, cannot get over three guardsmen. That feel weird in the fight. Yeah, no, I agree. If if that jet wants to go and crash into that Castellan, by by all means, Kamikaze away. Charge. Well, no, well the other way around. Like, it. Just move. If you give it extra movement in a different phase, isn't that possible? There are no ways to give movement in another phase that don't count as moving in the movement phase. Oh, because it's oh they said right. if it says counts as the movement phase, and you still get to do it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they didn't say that, uh, but it say it says in all of those abilities, this unit can move as though it were the movement phase or something yeah. to that effect. It's like I, I was, swarmy, swarmy can do it. Um, yeah. There's, there's like, there's lots of, and that's the thing. Like, kind of like when you look at the old deep, the way they changed the deep strike rule is like now, okay, okay, what things get around that? What can still sort of deep strike across the table and make a charge or shoot stuff or whatever? And now you just gotta go look at your books. How are, how are there ways to get around this restriction and still be able to jump a screen or, 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 or yeah. have the fly effect? So it'll make those things relatively stronger, maybe. I don't know. This one's but do those things be, exist, though? It's just a little though? bit big, is all. Like, yeah. Do, I mean, because I feel like if those things already existed, you had the units that could deal with screens and uh, without the fly keyword and shoot and jump and type your opponent's chances. I feel like people would already be taking them. Or maybe well, I'm wrong. I guess, I guess the difference is, is, like, that second move that you can do, you know, casting warp time on something or making them go twice with, with uh, Swarm Lord or... Soul bursting. So that's, that's where this comes in for interesting for me. Like, it, it's not that changing fly, in my opinion, was in and of itself really bad. It's that I once again look at just how I think the game is moving, like the direction of what kind of list I should make. And I feel like you should have more screens. You should have more infantry, more bodies. Absolutely. And they're just more powerful, so that's fine. So I'm not worried about not having fly things, or I'm not worried about being like, well, what am I going to use my fly things for? I'm just, I just think every list you're going to face should have more bodies. They're just that much more powerful. Like, a lot more powerful. And you're probably thinking about sticking stuff behind it and either smiting or shooting, right? Right? Yep. (laughs) Yep. All right. Uh, So, um, let's move on. Uh, They changed the choosing targets rules. They changed that up a little bit when you choose uh, targets of attacks, whether it's ranged or close combat. Uh, I, I I was already kind of playing it like this. Maybe you guys could help me out. What did they actually change? Was there was there something I missed, or could you always did you always have to declare your targets and then and then shoot? I, I just don't understand that these. Is such a shy you you previously chose all targets, then declared which weapons you were shooting at each target. They were two separate steps. Oh, so now you now you declare I choose these six marines to shoot their bolters at him, and then I choose. These three well, marines to shoot their plasma. The, well, I'm not saying I disagree with you, Sean, but did it was it clear on that? Did uh, it actually say it's two different there, steps? There were two. There were two separate steps. 
Step number two, choose targets. Step number three, declare ranged weapons. Oh, well, okay. Um, so you could the, choose targets what, before you... I was just so playing the Honest Man the, Warhammer, then. The, the prototypical example of this is... I declare my Riptide is shooting at a unit of tactical marines and your knight Castellan. Do you want to rotate ion shields? And if he says right. yes, I shoot my burst cannon into your tactical marines. And if he says no, I shoot it into the into the into the Castellan. Okay. So I think I think we were all, or I guess Jeff and I were playing Honor Honor 40k. So it I didn't was, know well, you could do it that. was a very niche thing. It didn't actually come yeah. up that often. Right. Sean's exactly right. It's, it's basically only with a knight that that would ever matter. But it's yep. it's funny to me because I don't know, and, and you guys can disagree with this. That's fine. But like, oh, I really? feel Thank like you, if Jeff. you if you feel well, Pablo, I have to give you permission. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, I feel like if there's something you're doing where you're like, if you have to say, well, actually, and then you're like shoving up by like any glasses that you aren't wearing or are, I feel like that should be your your moment where you're like, hang on, am I doing this right? Because that is such a funny thing to me. Like. I'm going to target those two things. Do you use your strategy? And they're like, well, are you going to shoot me at the big guy? He's like, I don't have to tell you yet. And you're like, but to be fair, GW, as Sean said, I guess, that's it's pretty explicit if it says that. I just never assumed. It's nice that this was clarified for intent purposes because there's no way GW is like, that's what we want. Right. Yeah. And that, that, I think this one dovetails nicely with the, uh, the, ra- the uh, one use only weapons one where like, Oh, oh my god. Well, you actually have to shoot all of your range <laughs> weapons. All your single-use weapons. Like, oh, jeez. Like, that was like a fever it. dream for a week because nobody was, was saying so that. And then in one week, everyone was like, no, it it says it's, you must. And it's like, come the on. The community dude. was like, desperate to nerf the Castellan somehow before the FAQ. Yeah. Well, they can only shoot one at a time anyway. <laughs> like, it's, right, it's right. just about, like, hunter-killer missiles and, like, I don't know what, the D Think missiles Think about the death strikes out surge. there, man. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but... Yeah. I don't know. I, I agree with you, Jeff, in the sense that that GW or 40k shouldn't have those kind of meticulous decisions. Um, but a game like Magic the Gathering has is is ripe with with things like that. So, uh, you know, I don't want it in my 40k games, but I do like those kind of like you know hidden decisions, making you're putting stress on your opponent. But and I and honestly think remember like we we pretty much started podcasts and like went on them and talked about it. Because seventh edition had a hundred of these scenarios, which could go either way. Yeah. This yeah. one is a lot more clear cut, but like that, you know, we would just bicker and argue with, and there are different rules bodies and all this stuff. So it's like it's awesome that as silly as this might be to some people, like right. this is a raw versus ray, and now we get we get the rules as yeah. intended. Remember, guys, it's so nice how active they are because because <laughs> one of the funniest scenarios at Nova ever was that literally. Robin Crudence, the guy that writes the rules for Warhammer 40,000, was one of the judges uh, at moments at Nova. Mm-hmm. And there was a rules dispute, kind of, I guess. Where Wasn't it literally... this, though? Wasn't it, like, literally this this dispute? No, it was something similar. So it was uh, Alex Fennell was charging, or heroically intervening, or charging either way, a knight through a wall. That it, And then he was arguing that it's within one inch of the wall or whatever. This is the Brandon Grant game. Uh, I believe so, yes. Yeah. And... Robin Crudence was at the table, and I guess Alex did not know who that was, so he's just like, no, absolutely, this is what they meant by it, and Robin like looks at him, and in the only way a British person could, they, they muster this power of indignance that like storm clouds arrive over their heads, and they're like, well, in fact, good man, you're completely and utterly wrong. And <laughs> yeah, you know, just like funny. annihilates him. Yeah. <laughs> so funny, because it's, it's the only time ever... That you're trying to argue rules as intended with literally the guy who knows the intention. 
Yeah. It, it, I don't it, think Robert <laughs> Crudence knows his own goddamn mind. Well, but that, that you, you can have that opinion. It's still funny. And, and if, for those of you guys wondering where you can see that, that moment actually happened uh, on the Nova live stream on the Warhammer community Twitch stream. That's the Alex mm-hmm. Alex Fennel versus Brandon Grant game. It's about like turn two, like thirty minutes in. But basically, uh, it's really it's a really funny moment. It's actually one of one of. Uh, Jeff's funniest moments too on stream too because it's been a long weekend and Jeff managed to keep it up which good job Jeff very proud of you well I usually keep it up all weekend but thank you Pablo um, <laughs> but it, to be fair by the way for people that didn't tune into this Alex handled it really well because there are people yes. that like you know when a judge is like no you're wrong they're like well I'm gonna call my dad like he didn't do that he's like oh all right whatever yeah like yeah. Alex is you, that's the best part of Warhammer for me is we're all gonna have arguments you're all gonna disagree but it's how you handle it that's really good Alex is still a shiny beacon of awesome in that regard in my opinion yeah. Uh, okay. So moving on to the general questions, um, uh, can you ever skip a phase? No. No. Can't skip a phase. Sorry, guys. Um, we'll ignore. And this. to clarify, by the way, so for people that don't know what that means, it's not like it does actually say skip, but the other way people stretch this is like, is there a psychic phase if I don't choose to cast any powers? Yes, there is. Is there an assault phase if I choose not to do any charges? Yes, there is. Yes, um, and and uh, I'm skipping over a couple of these just because I, I feel like like they're kind of like n- not really worth talking a whole lot about. But if you guys, you guys, if I skip one that you guys want to talk about, just let me know. And we can go back to it. Um, I, I like the the if you roll a d3, you get to roll the re-roll the one and the two if you re-roll ones um, because it makes you feel like you actually should have like a physical d3 you like dice. That? I, you know, it's just to me, it just oh makes sense because because you're rolling is if you could physically have a dice with three sides, which I'm sure there is someone made somewhere, but if you could physically have that, you know, there would only be one one. You're just using a d6 to represent the the. the this one. just de-escalates yeah. stupid arguments, and that's great. Right. Yeah. Of yeah, they you just can re-roll it. It, and it could have <laughs> they could have rerolled they could have ruled it the other way. They could have been like, well, you re-roll ones, and you know, cool. At least they clarified it one way or another, like you said, Val. Um, true. Uh, the um, stratagems, the str- the strategic discipline. Uh, basically, they're all the same stratagem. Actually, I, I was re- I was expecting that to be something else. Um, the heroic intervention stuff. So th- this is stuff that that I, I the Iron Halo actually, which tournament I'm going to this weekend, which you guys can tune into. They actually um, ruled that you can't heroically intervene if your opponent didn't declare any charges um and i didn't actually i didn't actually know that this was a a real conversation that people were having online um but when when the to because we have a a group with all the judges and and tos from the midwest group and when when someone posed the question like can you do that i was like well of course you can if your opponent didn't declare any charges of course you can heroically intervene and i got like nine people just just Mm -hmm. pd pop actually you're incorrect do you really have a podcast like you know all that good stuff oh wow they went ham no i know right they they went all (laughs) no holds barred but basically, uh, I didn't realize that this was a real narrative that people were people were arguing about. Like I, I thought I was always clear cut. So you know, you can heroically intervene even if your opponent didn't declare any charges. So GW put that to rest. Thank you, GW, our Lord and Savior. And this is a place GW where they could have easily said no, which is cool. Yeah. So like, yeah, I think they, I they, think this is, they, they chose this is to be permissive one. here. Because this is like the competitive reading of this, and Judah was like, "Absolutely, man, fucking murder your foes." I love it because <laughs> yeah. it's like the the saltiest one of the saltiest moments in the history of our own Reese Richard Robbins the Third ever. 
was when I was visiting him and we played a game on stream and basically Reese always Reese and I to be fair I get salty as well of course uh, we have really salty games but we had this beautiful beautiful game that came down to him not knowing that this is how it's played and me heroically intervening into a character to basically knock off his final troop to then be able to shoot on my turn at his character and win the game it was like a very big move uh, Reese beseeched the powers of GW and spoke on behalf of their intent and it's like no I know the guys that write this there's no way that's how it's supposed to be played it was amazing it's one of the, it's one of those few moments again where you get to meet your heroes and I was able to do that so <laughs> meet and beat meet beat and have them gnash their teeth and tear their shirts in front of you it's amazing. Yeah, and, and if you ever get the opportunity to come to Frontline and the the extremely rare opportunity to play Reese, I highly suggest it. Do it. Take it. He's a great opponent. Like it's it's an experience. Paul, we have a we have a we have a podcast jam packed of people that stress Reese out when we play with him. Uh, so it's a different experience. But he will be very nice to all of you guys. You'll have a very good. That's time. true. That's true. Uh, and then finally, the last thing I want to talk about is the FAQ to their organized event package, which basically. Uh, limits the, the the big thing that's relevant to us is that limits the three data sheets per army. Um, they just clarified that a little bit more, saying that uh, you know squadrons like Lehman Russes, you could, yes, you can take up to nine Lehman Russes, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, tactical drones, uh, I believe, don't count or things like units units that are like that. Yeah, like the upgrade drones, drones stuff don't, don't count towards don't count your towards, data, data sheet. Yeah. Use. yeah. Oh, and also, uh, yes confirmed you can run nine demon princes from three different codexes uh which, which something i didn't expect that they would change although i was kind of hoping that they would They'd be like ah you know what let's just let's just nerf demon princes a little it didn't happen oh well yeah not not a big deal um, i don't care yeah i've never seen a nine demon prince list ever yeah the the thing is the I, thing i know it happens yeah 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 it, you know anyways uh and then now specific faction codexes um uh i you know, I don't want to go through all of them. There's so many, but um, the ones that stand out to you guys, uh, I, I guess I'll start with the the Astromilitarium Codex. Bulgarian got nerfed. Uh, they they can still have their two up armor save. And actually, this is just the not just Bulgarian, but that stratagem, the take cover stratagem, now only works on on your armor save only, and we, which is I think is a great nerf um, because the idea of like a, a custodes you know, Vexil or guy standing there and giving everyone a five up invuln and then you giving them plus one to their save for a four up invuln and then with the psychic power another plus one to their save for a three up invuln to like guardsmen. I just didn't I just didn't sit well with me. I'm like let's let's hover around the custodes even harder, guys. Um, I you think know. uh from these ones something that stands out to me is how they were very uh mit- almost meticulous because interceptors snuck through uh, going through and uh, and changing the uh, the wording for people who have that fly like ability, but it's not quite fly. So things like wraiths got changed, hollow belts for um, harlequins got Hollow changed. Uh, so you can't you can't do that outside of the movement phase as well. So that way there weren't these weird yeah. exceptions, except for interceptors from the Which gray is knights. Too bad. Yeah. Flip belts on harlequins though, man. I'm like, yeah, really? That's a- that's what they do. The upside I'm going for here, Jeff, is that they were at least uh, complete. That, yeah. That's what I was shooting for. <laughs> Captain Sunshine. It's like, flip, it's like flip belt when you only in the movement, though. You're like, oh, oh, yeah. Can I flip down? They're like, no, you cannot. <laughs> Why? Nope. What, what, what? Anything stand out to you, Sean? 
Um, not a lot of other stuff. There are a couple of minor ones. Uh, Tyranids now have to use Pathogenic Slime mm. at the start of the shooting phase, rather than after the enemy has rolled saves. Yeah. Um, so Is that the one? That's not the Mortal Wound one? Uh, no, that's no, the plus one damage just... one. Yeah. Oh, um, so no more waiting to see how many saves they fail before popping off Pathogenic Slime. Mm. Um, and they continued the progression of no Forge World unit is allowed to be usable as they got rid of the Tiger Shark, uh, as well as everything else. <laughs> oh, Tau players. It's probably too good, though, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Not really, not with knights around. You don't think so? A knight Castellan kills two Tiger Sharks on turn one. As it should. It's an Imperial knight. <laughs> it's Imperial. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. <laughs> I mean, did any of us think that was going to like go any other way? I, I like that they were at least creative by changing the name of the weapon so it didn't get the better heavy burst cannon from the Codex. I thought it was yeah. a, that was a clever nerfing. They yeah. didn't have to adjust points costs. You could still take your Tiger Sharks. Yeah, they... I feel like the way you look at this is there should be something unsettling when Tau received a pretty explicit nerf and their whining is down from, like, it's not quite the 96% that they usually kind of hover at. It's more of, like, an 82. Hmm. And I think they're all kind of looking at the fly change and the the fact that gun lines are probably a little bit better. No dropping in and just assaulting. No Alpha Legion tying them up immediately. And they're like, I think I just shoot everybody to death for a little while. They are right? trying to be upset about uh, not being able to survive a protocol's mortal wounds from psychic stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a hard argument. Yeah, Tau in general, I think, got a lift from, yeah, from it's this. Like a, I feel, I it's feel like, like a cover <laughs> wine, though. It's like a fake one, right? They're like, that's that's terrible, isn't it? And everyone's like, is it, though? Yeah. Tau really. players are in a constant state of that meme where the guy has to choose between two hard decisions. Like, adopt the FAQ or don't adopt the FAQ and get smashed by Smash Captains. I would also like to say that I am probably, by the numbers, the worst Tau player on the planet. And that is... Because you're an orc player. That is something. <laughs> That is something. So maybe my better. my credibility here isn't that strong. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with Jeff. I think I think everyone got a little better in general. Um, well, I, I think so. everyone. I, like did not get better. <laughs> I think I think I think so. I, I feel like I feel like GW nerfed specific factions more than more than everyone as a whole. But then again, I mean, you know, I, I don't know what I'm talking about, so I never know what I'm. That's talking the first about. time I'm pretty down on custodies. I I if I go to a major tournament i don't think i'll take custodies really i think I, th- I think in the near term until some of the stuff jeff was talking about like uh, chapter approved or like new books dropping i think in the ner- near term the effect of this big fact will be the rich getting richer i think yunari get better i think guards and garden knights are <laughs> so dirty um yeah but i don't know if that'll persist for very long well remember nick Nanavati is dropping eldar for ultramarines so there's there's some secret sauce that's stuff. just because he's so Wait till OBO. He's so like, he, far oh, yeah. in the lead right now. He's just holding the ball out, being like, look at the ball, guys. <laughs> I'm going to play <laughs> Ultramarines at this tournament because who cares? I don't need to win this. Like, uh, and if I do, I'm a legend. So, hey. Yeah, right. It, it's, a, it's a fair point. Um, and, and then I guess one final thought is, is I thought they might nerf the lightning reflexes stratagem a little bit more while they were on the, you know, stratagem nerfing kick, um, maybe making it so it doesn't stack or um or, two I don't know, cp two cp or something <laughs> you know it's it's an eldari wide 
stratagem that's that's really good and really sh puts the hurt on some armies, um, especially if you use it in tandem with plus one save to all your guy or give, putting all your entire army in cover. Like it, is, it gets certain armies like Eldar is, just nigh untouchable turn one. Is there anything to be read into the fact that the like, you know, one of like the two most standout factions or like combination of factions like kind of got through this better? Like it just seems it does seem strange to me that like. Uh, some obvious winners after this fact are Yanari and Castellans. You know, like, that just seems weird. And uh, m maybe that just speaks to the fact that there has to be another piece of this puzzle, or they missed it. I don't know. I think yeah. one of the, the timing issues of this is that people were, like, hungry for a big, big change. And that is absolutely chapter-approved. Like, the, the yeah. changes are going to be massive. The, the balancing, the things are going to get good, the things are going to get a little bit less viable. That's all chapter-approved. And I think... Like, it's not on GW's fault for this, because they're maintaining the timeline that they set, basically. It's just people had higher expectations for impact in the FAQ, and they got... Um, it's kind of underwhelming under that lens, I guess. But with chapter approved, I guarantee you people are going to be really excited, and they're going to be very happy, because it's a lot of, like, what people are asking for. Yeah, and the last FAQ, the spring FAQ, completely flipped the meta up on its head. Like, just completely changed invalidated a lot of top lists um whereas this FAQ not so much uh so so I think I think yeah I think the expectations are, are a little high um but when we get chapter approved hopefully we will see GW's grand design uh is there any other final comments you guys want to make on the FAQ uh how how are you guys going to look at designing armies to play it in the future and for tournaments uh, I know Jeff I'll let you start because you already talked about your custodes um but what do you what do you foresee yourself running? Well, not to be a negative Nancy, but it's really funny because I'm, I'm really, really excited about the Gene Sarah Cult release coming up in not too long. So I've already got, you know, my score is pretty uh, substantial with Custodes, and I'm casting, a, you know, my role is changing in the scene, so I wasn't going to be able to attend these big tournaments. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to dust off my Gene Sarah Cult. And even though they're an index, I'm going to play them. And then the FAQ came out, and I was like, you know what? I am not going to touch my user until my codex comes out. Um, so now I'm thinking, like, I would like to play some Terranids probably or uh, even Knights. Knights are fun, but there's just a little bit of the hipster in me that when everyone's playing something and everyone's doing that, I, I, I don't feel... I feel, like, compelled not to participate. I don't say it as a cool kid. It's just kind of part of what I like. I like to have the different list type of thing. Right. But... I'm really struggling with custodians. I'm playing a lot of practice games, and they're still really fun. I love them. But the problem that they're hitting that I'm not finding fun is, like, if they if I just get hit in the screen and they just get an extra turn of shooting, and then my unit of five bikes goes down to two or three, and then I'm supposed to take out a knight with that, that's kind of all she wrote. And I don't have much else on my list to do that except for old man Trahan, who's, like, hobbling up the field over there, and he can do it. But when it's just him, because everything else got shot off the table, he doesn't do it very well. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about you, Sean and Val? Yeah, you want to go first, Val? Uh, well, as mentioned, I am the worst out player who's ever lived, and uh, need to move away from them. And was very excited for the uh, orc forthcoming orc codex. Just the way it's lining up, though, doesn't look like they'll drop in time for me to use at the next big tournament I'll go to, which is Warzone Atlanta. So I'm basically thinking maybe just a whole lot of orcs and see what happens. Maybe it's like early 8th edition again out there. I don't know. But 
Yeah, I, I'm, I'm miserable playing Tao, um, and I'm terrible. <laughs> so I need to find something to juice it up again. Uh, as far as I'm womp going, womp. like <laughs> my armies basically weren't affected by this FAQ. Oh, get out of here. You still going to do the Flyer Army, Sean? Is that what you took to the Washington tournament? Uh, no, that was... I, I actually... Uh, we took Tau. 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 Right. Yeah, pure Tau. Um, Tau Have we talked about that essentially untouched by this. Uh, Eldar mostly don't care. Um, so, like, I can basically just still keep doing what I was doing, and it just means I need to be prepared to face more Imperial Guard and Knights. How come Tau instead of uh, your Eldar stuff at, at the Harvester? Um, partially because I like playing Tau, uh, and I mm. want to mix things up a little bit, uh, and also because I think Tau arguably have a better game against a single Castellan. Mm. Um, it's for those of you who haven't listened to the Best in Faction that I did the, the big recap, I had many turns and several games where Castellan basically shot at Riptides and killed somewhere between two and five shield drones. Yeah. <laughs> and that, it's like, if their 600-point unit is killing maybe 40 to 50 points of my models, and I am still getting to play my game completely unhindered, I'm winning that match. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then you just kill Go all their on. <laughs> I mean, I, I did. I won those matches. So you can... Okay. Take notes, Val. Quickly. <laughs> Do you, I'll send you the list later, Val. Thanks. Hit me on the DM. On top of yeah. you. How did you deal with that? Yeah. Uh, and, and, then, and then for me, I... I what? No, I asked the question. Oh, go ahead, oh, Jeff. Sorry, sorry. I, didn't, I didn't catch that, Jeff. Well, that's okay. I was just asking how you dealt with the blood, the blood angel captains. Um, I didn't. They just hammered at you and you shot them. I didn't run into a lot of them. Basically, the way I typically deal with them is I keep the drones near my riptides. They charge into me. They do a bunch of wounds. I soak them all on drones. I pull out and I shoot them. Sounds about right. Um, now they can't even jump sense. over you. Yeah. Also that. Um, it, you know, the one the one who ignores Overwatch will go in and kill some drones. The one who doesn't ignore Overwatch does not survive the charge. All right, that's how some wisdom from the great Sean, um, who has a GT win to his name. Heck yeah! No, a major. Congratulations. Actually. Oh uh, yeah, Ooh. major. Yeah, Storm, Ooh. Harvester, and Storm are both majors. Check yourself, Pablo. <laughs> uh, uh, and then for those of you who are still tuned in and care, uh, I, I'm looking forward to either going full in on Blood Angels or taking them completely out of my lists. Uh, and going and going with knights. Um, I think I might just go knights because they're they're the most fun army to play with for me right now. It's just three models I push around the board and kill things while guardsmen run around and scurry about. Um, so I'm probably just going to do that. Um, I don't have any foreseeable big tournaments other than a team tournament coming up in November. Um, so I have nothing really to build or look forward to until uh, pre -L post LVO. Are you not going to SoCal? Uh, I will be. I will be playing or not playing i will be running the store at socal so i okay. won't be playing in the socal open unfortunately mm -hmm. uh, so yeah and then and then of course we have the december um december slate of of no real games in january and then lvo mm -hmm. so I, I won't be i will be out of commission in terms of building competitive lists until post lvo which I, i'm a fine with because because then i get to look at chapter approved and i get to really see you know what the the meta is going to look like until the spring FAQ, which I mean, may change the matter, or may not, but we don't know. So I'm, I'm it's content. Of, 
it's kind of amazing that like the game will be potentially completely different for the biggest event of this year. Right so for this, for this chapter like proof. this like season, yeah. Chapter, chapter proof is gonna be massive. I'll just flat out say that right now. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be. They have Actually, a lot. I can't wait. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Um, all right, guys. Well, thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Sean, Jeff, and Val for coming on uh, and being the best co-hosts ever in the history of co-hosts, 40k co-hosts. Well, it's lofty. It's just my opinion. Is it? Yeah, I think you just so. said it. Okay. You said it. <laughs> if I said it, it it's must supported. be true. <laughs> um, something else. Uh, something else that I really like is FrontlineGaming.org, specifically our FLG mats, ITC terrain, GW stuff, uh, and our secondhand shop, which I run personally for you guys, uh, where you guys can get great deals, models up to fifty percent off. Just go to our eBay store, or if you want to get rid of your old models, feel like your Blood Angel army just got nerfed to the ground, you can send us an email. Frontline Gaming Secondhand Shop at gmail.com, and we will take those models off your hands and sell them to people who appreciate them more. Oh, wow. <laughs> also, check out our sponsor, Broken Egg Games. Just click on that link on frontlinegaming.org in the show notes. They have templates, they have objective markers, wound counters, all sorts of cool gaming accessory swag. They also do some custom stuff, so if you're a TO and you're looking for some cool custom templates for your event, I suggest taking them, checking them out. Uh, it also helps out the podcast. That's it. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Have a good one.